So I'm going to read for you. Um, if you have a physical or a digital Bible, we're going to be in Acts chapter 25. We're continuing on in our Acts series, but we are attempting to turn this passage into hopefully something that will speak to each and every one of us, regardless of our station in life. So in Acts chapter 25, we're going to read the first eight verses together. So Acts chapter 25, starting in verse 1. Three days after Festus arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. The chief priests and the leaders of the Jews presented their case against Paul to him. And they appealed, asking for a favor against Paul that Festus summoned him to Jerusalem. They were, in fact, preparing an ambush along the road to kill him. Festus, however, answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself was about to go there shortly. Therefore, he said, let those of you who have authority go down with me and accuse him if he has done anything wrong. Continuing on, when he had spent not more than eight or ten days among them, he went down to Caesarea. The next day, seated at the tribunal, he commanded Paul to be brought in. When he arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him and brought many serious charges that they were not able to prove. Then Paul made his defense, neither against the Jewish law, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I sinned in any way. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for... Um, all that you are and all that you're doing. Uh, thank you that even there's a beautiful gospel message in that book that Jesus, you surprised us by raising from the dead three days later and you surprise us continually with what your spirit does in us. And God, as we open up this text and as we uh, hear your word and hear uh, your spirit, I pray that our ears and our hearts will be open to what you have for us. And it's in your name we pray, amen. So you might be wondering why this young strapping man is sitting next to me. Um, I am going to let him introduce himself to you. Um, so if you don't mind sharing name, uh, what grade you are, I guess, kind of going into, which that'll be fun why I phrase it that way. Um, and yeah, let's just start there. Uh, yeah, so I'm Nolan Rademacher. I just graduated and I'm 18 years old. Look at you go. Just graduated, fresh out of high school. So let me just, let's get this out there. So what are you doing right now? Are you like chilling in your parents' basement playing Call of Duty or going off to college? Like what's your plan? Uh, right now I'm working construction kind of all over the place. It's been a pretty big change lately uh, with a lot of things. The sleep schedule's messing with me a little bit. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. That's good. let so by the way, um, just a little behind the scenes here, um, Nolan did not approach me about doing this. I approached him. And on any kind of personality scale, this would be a kind of a capital I introvert. So the fact that he's up here, number one, for all of us in this room, God might ask you to do some things beyond your personality and God is welcoming us into obedience not to give excuses. And so Nolan here is being really brave and he's being obedient to what the Lord is walking him into. So hopefully him just sitting up here is an example for all of us, young and old, that God might call you if you're young to be a good friend, to not give in to whatever the crowds are doing or adults that God might 
call you to like get outside of your introverted box and that's okay. So just thought I would get that out of the way. So Nolan, let's, let's break the ice since you are an introvert. So he, he likes working out. So I gave him this question beforehand. So it's not a, like a curveball or anything. If you could have a one hour workout session with anyone in the Bible, that's non-Trinitarian. So it can't be God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Who are you doing a workout with? And let me just throw this one. What would you want to do with said person? Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind with this one, he's got the hair and he's got the strength. I got to go with Samson. Mm. He's, it's it's all there. Do you um, think he's skipping leg day? I'm, I'm going to go with no. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I'd be able to survive a leg day with Samson, though, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with something easier or going chest for Ooh, sure. Nice. Yeah. I thought maybe you would go cardio. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> cardio with Samson. That, that sounds like a CrossFit Christian gym waiting to happen. So, <laughs> so we're up here, not just a banter. So let, let's talk a little bit about your spiritual background. Like when, about when was it that you came to know Jesus and what was it about Jesus that made you say yes? Uh, so I, he's been with me pretty much my whole life. I decided, uh, really early on, it was at a young age. Um, and just through everything I've been going through, it's always nice. There's a peace that comes with it mm-hmm. to have Jesus with me for everything I do, no matter what's happening. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll get to more of that in a little bit. So if you still have your text, let's jump back into Acts 25 now that you know Nolan a little bit. So just to give a little bit of context here, Paul has been on trial for what seems like, at least for our case, a few weeks. But if you read in the text from like Acts 22 to 25, it can take approximately like 15 minutes to read through it. And you're like, man, Paul was in prison for like just a hot minute, but like he was in it a while, y'all. Could you imagine what Paul's going through? I don't think he's just sitting in the jail cell like, strength will rise as we wait, because that song would have been appropriate for him. But like Paul was in a season of waiting And can any of you relate? He was in a season where so much of his life was out of his control. Like, just just imagine all the thoughts that he could have been thinking about, like, like what in the world, like, why is he waiting? What's taking the court system so long? Even the question of what is God doing in the midst of this? Because for some of us, and myself included, if we ask for God to do something and it doesn't happen instantaneously, we're like, oh God, why is there this long suffering? But he's waiting weeks for a trial to happen that he has currently no say in. And so take heart, follower of Jesus. If you are in a season that is hard, if you're in a season where it feels like God might be silent, God is working, but his timeline works slightly different than ours. And if you need examples, we have a Bible filled with story after story of God's people enduring patiently. 
so much of his world was out of his control and he had to learn in a jail cell about surrender to God, trusting in God, trusting in his timeline, even if he didn't have the answer. So Nolan, have you ever had to deal with anything like this in your life, whether it's a season of waiting, season of like enduring hard things? Um, Have you ever endured anything like that? And how did Jesus help you in the midst of that? Uh, Well, see, trying to think of something specific. I think just through through all the small things, like throughout every day, yeah, um, it's nice to have, like I said earlier, just the peace mm-hmm. to fall back on, and it's it's calming and yeah. just you know it gives you a sense of confidence to go through your day, uh, and not every day is going to be the best. You know, you're going to have some things that go wrong, and it's it's just great to have peace and confidence knowing he's there. Yeah. Now, can you tell that that piece is like a supernatural, not of Nolan Rademacher piece? Um, because I think the world often thinks that peace is like removing noise, like getting alone in your room, listening to Spotify or whatever. But can you tell that like this piece is peace from Jesus? Uh, I, I definitely can. I can because there's, there's a lot of chaos going around and there's not always going to be time to kind of fall back and calm yourself down and it's knowing all the time that no matter what God is with you yeah. and that's a piece that comes only from God mm-hmm. because it's it's harder sometimes to to get it from you know the things of the world so yeah. that's a good word for those of you that have ears here that sometimes we think of peace as God removing us from a situation but God often wants to give you peace in the midst of the situation. Let's continue on in the passage in Acts 25, verse 7. We're going to shift gears slightly. It says this, The Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, meaning Paul, and brought many serious charges that they were not able to prove. Paul has his opposition within earshot. Like Paul's not in some glass room, like not being able to hear what's going on. He is in the middle of the courtroom and his opposition is shouting at him, saying most likely false and hurtful things about him. And in 2023, welcome to social media. If we stand up for the way of Jesus unapologetically, sometimes we can get blasted for it. Like we could gather together on August 5th at Lincoln Park and we could get blasted for it. Like standing up for your faith is not a comfortable thing. And once again, like we talked about peace, God isn't going to shut the mouth of those that don't like what you do. He might sometimes, but oftentimes we have to hear that. And I'm not trying to be like not sensitive because those things do hurt. But Paul has an endurance and he has a mindset to understand that he's not living for the applause of man. Paul often in his letters will say that he's not living for the approval of man, but for God. 
and that sometimes in your life, you might have people that verbally don't like that you are a part of the way of Jesus. And Paul here is withstanding these serious charges that are brought against him. So Nolan, I'm asking you all the hard questions. You're doing awesome. So once again, Nolan's not just a high school graduate who's sitting in mom and dad's basement playing Call of Duty for 10 hours a night and just feeding off of them and doing absolutely nothing. Like this kid, young man, I apologize. This young man quickly went from high school graduate to now he's in the world. And it's not like he went to go work in a church where he can just be like isolated from the world. He's in the midst of it. And so now that you have a full-time job, you're rubbing shoulders with guys that when we met last that obviously don't have any relationship with Jesus. And especially being the new and the young guy, I can imagine that plus you claiming the name of Jesus, you're probably not the most popular guy at work. So how have you handled those situations when your coworkers maybe don't, don't like what you're doing, don't like what you stand for, poking fun? Like, how do you handle those situations? Um, well, you have to know that what you're doing is not for the world. That's, that's one of the biggest things. And I was lucky enough to be in contact with some people who had been in the situation before me, and I, I kind of took some advice from them. And one of the biggest things that I've seen that does work is just going on with what you know and keeping up your values, yeah. staying true to your beliefs, all the important things, because then they see that. Yeah. And over time, they eventually realize that what you're doing, they're not gonna affect it, mm -hmm. because you have a higher goal. So what yeah. they're saying, you can, you can take it and you can move on, go to the next day, keep going, keep pushing, stay with your beliefs. That's, that's the number one thing. And eventually, you know, they see that, that you're, you're rooted in it. You're not going to move. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks, Nolan. Gosh, this kid's mature beyond his years. I hope you're hearing that. So I love in the end of verse seven, it says that they brought these serious charges, but catch this, that they weren't able to prove. Paul is living out what he's preaching. He's living it out. Like they are grilling him in front of all sorts of people saying all sorts of things. And when they look at Paul's teaching and his life, his word and deed is consistent. And I love that Nolan already has this mindset that he's not gonna just shut off his faith when he enters the workforce, that what he is doing is actually for something greater. That he's building things, but that with his hands, he's able to use that as worship. And that you, adult in your workplace, that what you do can be a way of God blessing your workplace that there's something divine about work, that young people, 
that when you go to school or when you go out to your sports and clubs and activities and there may be kids that like they're gossiping and saying mean things about each other and you choose not to, that there's something about you choosing daily to do the right thing, not leaving Jesus at church or Jesus just in your morning devotional time, but bringing Jesus with you. And that there's something about consistently displaying the character of God that will actually become a beautiful evangelistic tool for you. And I love that Nolan is already exemplifying that well. So Nolan, we mentioned all of this stuff. Do you have any advice, especially for the people that are younger than you? Any advice for, for them? Maybe they've they've been belittled for their faith. Maybe they've been made fun of for other things. Maybe they've experienced form of verbal abuse or harassment or bullying. Like what kind of advice would you give to that person? I would say there's a couple things and definitely know what you stand for. That's one of the biggest ones. Know what you're going to face. Not every day is gonna be the greatest day and you're gonna have to keep pushing through and there's going to be people who are not in full support of you. That's just, it's part of life. Um, but if you know and you are consistent to your values and you stay true to those, that's going to be one of the biggest things to, to help you get through life. And then also just the peace that comes with it because you're not always going to be able to separate yourself from, you know, your duties, what you have to do. So... The peace that comes from God, that's one of the ways that it's better than the yeah. peace that, that we can kind of give ourselves because we're not always going to be able to fall back. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is always there to fall back on, and that's one of the biggest takeaways I've had. Yeah, that's good. All right, we're going to move forward in Acts 25. Last two verses we're going to look at, if you have your Bible still open, we're going to look at verses 18 and 19, and this is where we're going to camp out with the rest of our time. Um, so I'll give you a few seconds to turn there. So as you're turning there, just to give a little Reader's Digest before we get to this passage. So Paul was put on trial. There are some fancy people. You can read it on your own time. Fancy people come. They want to hear the story. They want to hear about Paul and this trial. And then this, what we have here, is a summary of what they have observed. Verse 18, the accuser stood up but brought no charge against him of the evils I was expecting. Instead, they had some disagreements with him about their own religion, and catch this, and about a certain Jesus, a dead man Paul claimed to be alive. That in the midst of all the accusations and the things that they said about Paul, and that Paul was able to stand firm in the midst of that, the summary of what they realized Paul was on trial for was about their own religion, but was about this man named Jesus, who everybody else believed was dead, but Paul believed was alive. And this is good news, that our God and Savior who did die on a cross. The blood he shed on the cross was for the forgiveness of our sins, but that Jesus did raise again three days later, 
defeating the sting of death so that we could have life and life to the full here and now and forever. And that this is the good news that Paul was preaching and that the Jews were not super excited about. And this is what the crowds were upset about. Paul unashamedly preaching and living out the good news that Jesus is alive. Surprise. As the book that we looked at this morning, surprise. And he's not off in heaven right now, like just chilling and doing nothing, that Jesus is alive right now and that he is doing ministry now. Paul is in heaven interceding on, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Paul is dead, alive in Christ, all the good stuff. But this gospel is good news. And yes, it will offend some, but it is good. And this is the good news that Paul was standing up for, that Paul was willing to die for. This is the good news that the disciples spread out and they were witnesses of. And as we read through Acts, this is the gospel that propelled them to go and to share and to see lives transformed. And this is the gospel that still in 2023 is moving in Vermilion County and beyond. Church, Jesus being alive is the greatest news that could ever be told. And it's the greatest news that we could ever personally receive. And if we genuinely receive it, that's news worth sharing. And with the rest of our time that we have, I've asked Nolan to share his testimony. To share about Jesus being alive in his life. And so instead of me just talking, because I could preach forever about how the gospel needs to be spread in our communities, I think it would be beautiful for us to hear a little bit of what God has done in Nolan's life. So Nolan. Yeah, so as I said, um, it was from a really early time in my life that I accepted Christ. And there's, there's been a lot of rough times. It's, you never know what's gonna happen. There's been ups and downs for sure. There's. You never, yeah, that's what I'm, you never know what's going to happen. Never know what the next day is going to look like, what next week's going to look like. Um, we're never promised the next day. So I'm trying to live my life for something not of the world because the world is temporary. And we're not, we don't know what's going to happen. We're not promised any other time other than right now. So might as well make the most of what we have and reflect all the glory back to God. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Nolan. Um, once again, like I shared, I know that for one of the first times public speaking in a church to do so in front of some scary adults, is uh, it, it takes a leap of, of faith and takes courage. And thank you, Nolan, for sharing your heart. Um, yeah. So, church family, let's, we'll end our portion this way. Jesus is really good. Like the life that Jesus lived, 
Like, I hope that those of you in the back were able to hear Rachel's, well, not her per se story, but the book. So beautiful. That Jesus is a big surprise to the world around us. The world wants to rage with anxiety and fear. And as Nolan has shared, Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace. The world wants to be more divided now than ever, but Jesus is the one who prays and is acting for unity. And that the world thinks that all of this is just worthless, but Jesus came to bring worth back to us. And this is good news, church. And so this morning, may you be reminded of the good news of Jesus. May it sit afresh in your heart and soul this morning. Because it's easy for some of us that have heard that good news to just, yeah, we get it, Jesus died, he rose again, we sing the song and all that stuff. But let it sit fresh. That Jesus loves you and sent his son for you. That Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he prayed that the cup would be taken from him, but he chose obedience. Why? Out of love. And that this good news is worth enduring hardship for. So, once again, thank you, Nolan. I'm going to pray. Then after I pray, we're going to end with two more songs. So we'll limber back up and get moving. It'll be awesome. Um, And then once again, as a reminder, after the songs, I'll pray again, bless the food, and we can just head straight to the gym and eat because I'm guessing our young people are hungry as our old people are. So let's pray. God, we are grateful. We're grateful that you love us, that your word says that though we were still sinners, you died for us, proving your love. That we don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to you, but we can come to you as we are, and you, oh God, are the one that cleans us up. That when we choose to return home to you, that the spirit in us is the one who cleanses us. And that this world is desperately searching for meaning, for purpose, significance, acceptance, and love. And God, forgive us for the times that we have withheld that good news from those in our own lives. Forgive us for the times that we have had open doors from you to share the gospel and that we have cowered in fear. I pray, God, that there would rise within us a holy boldness to share your good news that we would share your good news, not just through word, but through deed as well. Thank you for Nolan and for his life, for his example, that we can be bearers of good news by working really well, that we could be good news by not giving in to gossip. We can be bearers of good news by not commenting on that Facebook post. We can be bearers of good news by loving our neighbors well. And I pray, God, that this would be a place where, where we, as your people, would be unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who would choose to believe. God, we love you. We're grateful for you. 
And we just pray that you would stir something fresh and new in each and every one of us. We love you so, so much. We can't say it enough. We pray these things in your name, amen.